Gary Wilkins was born in Boston, Massachusetts in 1954, to Martha and William Wilkins. After graduating with honors from Brown University in 1974, majoring in computer science, the Wilkins family moved to Texas and worked in the Houston area, where the family has lived since the late 70s. He later joined the armed forces and served as a first lieutenant in the U.S. Navy until 1983. During his youth, his father was very stern and cold. With many years in the Navy under his belt, he always expected perfection from Gary. He had two other siblings, they were his older brother Ben and his twin sister, Jody. Gary was a very mild-mannered child. He was obedient to his parents and had a great love for computers. However, his father was stern and strict. He wanted to push him to do more manly things like playing football or hunting. Gary had no interest in these activities. However, his father always wanted his sons to be exactly like him. One day, his father took Gary to his room and began to yell at him about his incessant work on computers. Son, you need to work harder, take charge and be a man. Don't let me see you act like a sissy, tinkering all day. Gary did everything his dad asked of him, but nothing came out right. It was a hard time for Gary because he had become so used to spending all his time thinking about how he could impress his father. One night, after dinner, he had just finished his homework. On his desk, he did a peculiar display on his desk. He placed the computer and toy army men surrounding it. He called the computer, Master Control and he tried to reenact how a king is in command of his castle. One day, I shall reign supreme. He laughed. But suddenly he heard a voice whisper, Indeed, you shall be ruler of darkness. Gary became startled, as he looked around, who was there? He asked, but no answer. He shrugged it off and then he got out his little toolbox and started working on his computer. He was having so much fun, he wasn't aware of his father entering his room. His father looked at him and said to him in a harsh tone, What did I tell you? Immediately, he angrily slid off all of his computer hardware and tools off of his desk. He grabbed him by his chin holding it tight and said, with his angry, shaky eyes, You, know you have your own life ahead of you, don't be a weakling. Then he let go and he continued. Be a man, go out, play some sports, do push-ups and for God's sakes, get a girlfriend. And he stared at him for a good 10 seconds, then he left his room and slammed the door. Shaken, Gary just sat there and he took those words in. Because, in his mind he was trying to figure out what he was going to do. He wondered what his dad wanted him to do. If he had to do this for him. He did it for his life. But he had to do it for his dad to make him proud of him. He knew he could never get back to his usual life, it's time to make a decision. So he had to give him some reason. Gary decided to do it. He decided that he was going to be somebody. Then Gary summed up his courage and tell his father sitting in the living room with his face in the paper, Dad, you are right, I will be somebody and I shall rule an army someday. His father looked at him with sympathy on his face. He took off his glasses and told him, 
Son, it first starts up as a thought in your head, but if you can dream it, you can achieve it son, but don't become crazy. After the summer months passed, Gary left his home and left to go study computer science at the University of Texas at Austin, and worked in his college career for four years as an engineer and programmer. His work experience included design of the Intel 128IC Centium Z systems. When he started working at Central Networks, he noticed the computers were primitive and so he just could not stand their technology so he decided to quit. He found the perfect job at Prestige Motors where he worked in design and operations of computers and the various software systems. The hardware was very fitting for him. After working a number of years at Prestige Motors, he worked his way up the ladder to manager of design and development. At Prestige Motors, the company designed and built XBM hardware and so Wilkins for several years on the XBM personal supercomputers. He helped direct and manage a team of engineers from XBM, which had a huge list of projects from which he selected and completed many. XBM, along with its subsidiaries such as Zero Limited Software Systems, MoonQ, and more had a total revenue of some $150 million. Mr. Wilkins worked continuously for a number of years and he had gained the ability to work under a lot of pressure and to be the person with the authority to do the very high demanding tasks. He was one of the top engineers who built high quality operating systems in the computer market. However, there was a competitor from Microsolids Incorporated. He had an arch rival named Will Mates. He started out as an intern at Microsolid Networks and he worked his way up into managing sector. He was power driven and an opportunist. Top seller in the computer hardware division. He started off to do very well under big pressure and was extremely successful. With a promising career in sales with Microsolid Sales Division, later, he decided to join a team of engineers at Prestige Motors. There was no chance that Will would ever be in a position to have a job anywhere else. He was also responsible for various computer and software development projects. After meeting Will and welcoming him to the family at Prestige Motors as their intern, Will had previous accrediting of engineering and programming but he will be in the bottom of the totem pole at Prestige Motors. However, he had already learned so much about him that he felt it was important because deep down, he was jealous and had a burning desire to compete with Gary. During his time at Prestige Motors, he and Gary would clash on the design projects. Gary, would stick to his guns and would not allow anyone to tell him what to do. That he was in charge. Gary had more say in the programming, design, system integration, and many more computer-related tasks. Everything Gary was, well Nates was not. He envied Gary's superior knowledge of technology and he felt he had to get better than him. Seeing the two working together, they seemed like they were friends but Will would get annoyed with him and hoped someday he will surpass him. 
he had to think of something to overthrow Gary off of his pedestal of glory. One night, he had a phone call from XBM with the head executive speaking. He sounded raspy, deep voice speaking, like in a malevolent tone. We know who you are, we've been watching you and we want to help you in your thirst for power, do you want to know more? Will, feeling afraid asked, who are you? The voice said, your biggest fan. We are coming and we would like a new operating system for our fleet. He didn't tell them that Gary was on vacation. Will pointed them towards Gary before he signs any kind of agreement. The mysterious XBM executive agreed. So they took his advice and they were on their way to pay Gary a visit in Texas. Will laughed at this opportunity and tried to reach Gary, knowing he would be on vacation. So he called him and just left him a message about XBM coming to see him. Them not knowing Will was only an intern with the company, they had asked him to sign a disclosure agreement and that he had to agree to keep XBM plan a secret. Not a soul. They said they were looking for a new operating system and they wanted to check out what Gary had to offer and that they will be coming in by the middle of the week. Will knew Gary would be away that day on a golf trip. Suddenly, he had an idea. He planned to break into Gary's office and copy and extract the binary system and copied it onto another disk. He named it Binux. He took out and copied the commands of the entire operating system and tweaked it to create his own, however, there was one more code he could not break and it was Gary's signature, in it was a mystery he encrypted and there was no way Will could copy it so he left it alone and took the rest of the program with him. The next morning he called up XBM pretending to be the upper boss and set up an appointment to present his new operating system. By the end of that week, three XBM executives came into the office with suitcases and an envelope. They came to see the presentation and Will had the boardroom all to himself. They had asked him to sign a disclosure agreement and that he had to agree to keep XBM plan a secret. Will asked them if they paid Gary a visit first, they replied in the negative and they were eager for him to take this opportunity to sign the agreement. And so Will's mischievous smile came upon him and he gladly signed the sheet away. Meanwhile, when Gary came back to work, he saw his office had been broken into. Who is responsible for this? He huffed and he went storming around through the office. Gary had no clue that Will was behind all of this. He checked all of the offices, until his secretary relayed a message for him to be summoned to the boardroom for a quick meeting. He rushed to the meeting room and there they were. Will and the XBM executives were chatting. Will was showing his latest work, Binux. Oh, hey there Gary, welcome. I'm very glad you could join us, we were expecting you. Gary was not pleased, his teeth began to show signs of anger. He noticed the Benix operating system looked so identical to his own Unix and that it wasn't possible for anyone else to have it. What did you do with it? Gary hissed. Will says, what are you talking about? 
Then Gary came up to Will and grabbed him by the collar and asked again, What? Did you do with my Unix disk? Then the executives asked him to show them his Unix system to see if it is any good. Will handed him over the original disk and then Gary let go of him and he inserted it into the computer. There you go, it's all right here. The executives like Gary's Unix system so they agreed to take both with them. Then something weird happened, the executives came clean and wanted to explain their secret with them both. The three of them ripped off their masks and showed their real faces. They were two Zeta Gray Reticuli and one Reptilian. Salutations, we are here under the force of the Archontic Masters to speak with you. He's been observing you both and would like to give you a deal of unprecedented proportions. Then their eyes glowed and suddenly the two men were suddenly going through an out-of-body experience. They were sucked into a shadowy portal. Once they entered, they were in a red interior hallway. They were greeted by a shadowy figure and there were lots of shadowy spiders crawling the walls. Then they were led by the beam to a grand hall of more of these shadowy beings. Then the being left them alone on what appeared to be a stage and ahead of them was this huge black body of smoke with sparks encircling it. Greetings, I am Azazoth, dark ruler of this dimension, welcome to my domain in the lower astral. Will and Gary were terrified and weren't sure what to do. It continued to speak, we've been watching you, we like to be a part of you and extend our powers throughout the galaxies. All you have to do is just create an army out of your technologies, show them that this artificial intelligence is more powerful than you could ever think. Let us integrate our dark powers with your technology and become anew. Then you'll have unprecedented power. Will looked at Gary and said, this sounds intriguing, I am definitely interested, aren't you? Gary looked down thinking, this might be his chance to become the master control his subconscious yearned for ages. Let's do this. He said. The Archontic being illuminated its eyes, with its shadowy aura enveloping the everywhere, it flowed into the chests of both Will and Gary. Then Azazoth commanded them to compete for the throne of darkness and become the master control. And so, the race to becoming Masters of Darkness has begun, what madness and trails await Gary and Will. Who will take the crown of Master Control and claim the Throne of Darkness? Find out, until the next episode, on, Stories Out of This World.